Welcome to the Real Estate Woman's Podcast. Thanks for pulling up a chair to our roundtable discussion. Here, we'll teach you how you can create a stream of passive income through multifamily investing, and we'll help you to shift your mindset so you can start living the life you really want to be living by design today. Hello, guys. Uh, Welcome, welcome. We are the Real Estate Women, um, and I'm Crystal. I'm Candy. I'm Colleen. I'm Tamara. Welcome to the Passive Investing Podcast. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the tax benefits of investing in multifamily real estate. Most people are unaware that when investing passively in multifamily real estate, not only could you be making uh, income off your investment, but there are also maybe tax benefits uh, as, uh, to investing as well. And that's why we brought Melvin Young on this episode. Um, unfortunately, we won't be able to discuss every tax benefit available um, in our time with Melvin today, but we are going to try and cover the basics that most people may qualify for. Hi, Melvin. Thank you for joining us today. Hello. Thank you. So Melvin is here today as a representative from Mode Wealth. Mode Wealth is a business advisory firm with the purpose of ensuring business owners have the tools and resources they need to grow their business without the fear of paying too much in taxes, falling out of compliance, or having the ability to identify traps that could cost them money or even worse, their business. So Melvin, now that we've gotten through all of our intro for you, um, could you touch on some of the tax tax benefits that are only available to real estate professionals? And could you tell us a little bit about what the IRS's definition of real estate professional is? Certainly, yeah. So, first of all, again, mode wealth, business planning, and strategy. Uh, we help small businesses. We do focus a lot. I'd say the vast majority of our business is working with individuals in real estate, Um, whether they're doing syndication, whether it's passive, whether it's active, uh, managing syndications, the whole bit. There's obviously tax implications to every example there. So uh, very, very holistic and very focused on the real estate sector. So when we're talking about real estate professional status, what we're talking about uh, very specifically is the ability to take Uh, your depreciation and offset your actual uh, 1040 income. So that's the primary benefit of being a real estate professional. Uh, The benefit of that specifically is let's say you made $100,000. Let's say you had $50,000 of depreciation. Well, you're being taxed on $50,000 as opposed to $100,000. So if you're wanting to calculate what that means for you tax-wise, you simply multiply the $50,000 in depreciation times your marginal tax rate, whatever the IRS is taxing you, thus that gives you your tax benefit. So needless to say, real estate professional status is extremely important for offsetting uh, or using that depreciation to create tax savings um, on a 1040. Because again, the vast majority of real estate professionals that we work with are in a pass-through environment meaning that money's coming through their LLC or their Schedule C or their uh, Schedule K if they're an S-Corp down to their personal 1040, which is allowing them to uh, pass through those that income and have one tax uh, 
rate as opposed to to a corporate and a personal tax rate. So there's so many benefits and so many areas that I can go, but real estate professionals have to have 750 hours of, of real estate uh, focused work. I, I think the key with understanding the real estate professional status is understanding what the IRS would do in the event of an audit of your status. Okay. So again, although Mode Wealth is a tax planning service, we're a compliance driven service. So we think, you know, prepare, hope for the best and prepare for the worst. Um, and that keeps us in a formality driven environment where we're constantly helping real estate professionals do things that would take a lot of time where we automate that process. So with that being said, real estate professionals, or if you're on track to become one, you should be keeping your log, a log of your hours. Because that's going to be one of the things that the IRS is going to look for. They're going to look for how are you documenting these hours that you're saying that you're working, right? So that would be the first thing. What Mode Wealth would do for someone who's on the pro in the process of becoming a real estate professional is we would automate that law keeping process. So I feel like I've said a whole lot of stuff. I have a question around that. So what if I'm not a real estate professional? Can I take advantage of any of the deductions that you just talked about? Um, no, you can't take advantage of the depreciation just because you'd be disallowed to. But keep in mind that real estate syndication in and of itself is sure. a tax strategy. So if I could say one thing to your, you know, your, your listeners, that's one of the things that I would say. Real estate in and of itself uh, has very specific tax codes. For instance, uh, capital gains is less of a tax rate than mm -hmm. income for one. So uh, you're still going to be taxed as a passive investor, which means that you're going to have several benefits uh, that are specific to business ownership, right? Um, and that's where Mode Wealth comes in line. So even if you're not a real estate professional, what we would do is, number one, if you can get there in a reasonable time, we'll put you on the track to become a real estate professional because you simply can't beat uh, the ability to take that uh, depreciation as a loss, okay? But beyond that... We have several strategies for, you know, that passive investor. Maybe they've got great W-2 income. They're doing syndication because they want all the benefits of syndication. Uh, and they're wanting to be able to express as many tax saving strategies as they can. There's several. There's simply several strategies depending on a person's individual and business situation. So I can just run down a couple um, that you might heard. If you have children, we can hire your kids. We can show you how to hire your kids and we can manage that process. Um, so one thing I've learned about people that work in real estate and you guys may agree or disagree, but the vast majority of people, specifically if they're a realtor, they can be all over the place in terms of organization, right? Um, most of them can be very type A, uh, meaning go-getter, sell ice to someone who has a house made out of it. Um, but at the same time, the formality of <laughs> the formality of, of getting their paperwork together, making sure that they have a PL to provide to their tax person, professional, a lot of times those things are just really, really out of whack. Uh, and so they come to me a lot of times at the end of the year with a stack of garbage that I'm expected to sort of discern and and that's a fun process so 
the problem with that is obviously if we're in the tax savings focused zone, we have to work in the windshield as opposed to the rearview mirror. There is no tax savings looking back. It's too late. It's too late. What you've got to do is make a conscious, deliberate decision to tax plan and start tax planning. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, you lost out on this much money. But moving forward, windshield, here's the type of savings that you've created to, with, for yourself by doing these strategies. So you can do things like hire your kids. Uh, creating an S-Corp in and of itself is a tax strategy. So if you're an LLC and you're producing enough income, um, now there's so many things that we can dive into there. I mean, you want to, uh, when I think S-Corp, I think uh, short-term, uh, you know, short-term investment. Right? And when I think LLCs, I think <clears throat> long-term investments. There's a lot of reasons why we want to do that, and a lot of that is immersed in tax strategy. Um, but an S-Corp itself can be. So you've got becoming an S-Corp if the income is there and if it makes sense. There's a whole bunch of stuff there. You've got to pay yourself a reasonable wage. Uh, another thing, like I said, would be hiring your children. If you are an S-Corp, you can create an accountable plan. What an accountable plan does is it allows you to write off or make non-reportable a lot of expenses that um, have a bunch of nonsense that would make it either where you would only receive half of the benefit or you wouldn't receive the benefit. So by creating an accountable plan or expense reimbursement plan, you can realize a lot of tax savings there. And then one of my favorites is because it's technically considered de minimis by the IRS. That just means whatever. It's not a whole lot of savings. Um, so it's, it's really easy to manage, would be something we call the 14-day rental rule. So this would allow a business to, to literally use their personal home or their invest one of their investment properties or one of their rental properties as a place where they're doing their minutes meetings and their corporate formalities. So the IRS would allow you to rent your own home or your own property for up to 14 days, and that income is not taxable so it becomes cash flow right so there's comps there's different things we have to do to make you uh, qualify for that or compliant i should say for that benefit um but for most clients this is anywhere from two to seven grand that they can save on their taxes uh by way of just doing what the irs requires them to do their minutes meetings and and their formalities um we orchestrate and we help you keep in touch with all those things. So really quickly to review, I know I said a lot, everything that I just said, every single thing is automated. So all the real estate investor is having to do is wake up business as usual. Oh, there's three emails from Mode Wealth. Oh, I have to tell them this month what I did for hours for my real estate professional status. Great. Oh, my kids timesheets just came in. Let me tell Melvin and Mode Wealth how many hours my children work, right? Everything from the employment agreement with the children, the lease agreement for Augusta, all those things we have procured and ready for you, automated digitally every month, and then stored in your Mode Wealth portal so you can be compliant in the off chance of an audit. How old does your child have to be? Could they be right? I mean. You know, it's, what's interesting about that is I, I, this isn't a state-specific rule, 
But for some reason, states define it differently. So I'll just tell you the way that I try to get as close to the IRS as possible, 7 to 17. And, and that whole hiring your children idea came out of the farming industry, of course, oh. in the early 1900s. You know, kids weren't going to school, and there had to be a way to give some benefit to farmers for breaking child labor law, I guess. <laughs> so, so, the, so the benefit of that uh, was, again, the necessity of the family farm has carried over. Uh, and it, it does translate well, even into today's time, for various reasons. For instance, I, I use the family for hiring my children largely as an educational tool. I, I have my children reading all types of books, right? Books we've all read, cash flow quality, uh, infinity banking concepts, all those books, anything done by Kiyosaki. Basically, um, educating them and then having them report back to me and tell me what they learned. Because again, in between the ages of seven and 17, work looks a whole lot like education, right? So keeping that in mind, uh, it, it allows us to, and it, it's a necessity because who else is going to do what we do in a family business if we don't take the time to educate? So I love that aspect. And again, we do manage that, that, uh, that strategy. And for my children, it's not a whole lot of fun. Outside of the idea that their right. college is being paid for with the money that we save. So oh, yeah. I like it eventually. And one day they'll look back and appreciate all that financial education you're giving them when they realize that they would never have gotten that anywhere else. And then they come out at a certain age, well-educated well, on finances. So <laughs> I hope so. But most of the time they're doing this. Phones in a bucket. That, that will Everybody. be a rear view mirror appreciation. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So some of those um, tax benefits that you had mentioned as far as the becoming a real estate professional. Um, and now that is something that you, a, a person that in just, just passively, that's not really something that they're going to be attaining if they're just simply a passive investor. Correct. Correct. The vast majority of people quite, quite frankly, aren't, it's almost not possible sometimes to be a real estate, have a real estate investor status. I mean, it's not just the 750 hours, it's the keeping of the log, which again, we do automate to help. But again, there's 50% of the time that you spend has to be spent uh, doing it. And also you have to have a thousand hours that's spent on your own personal real estate. So you put all those things together and it can be hard. Um, and again, the idea of material participation is always, always an issue. Um, but a lot of people don't realize this. A good accountant will know that you can actually elect to uh, aggregate those hours so that they work consecutively. It is an election. And, and if your, your CPA or accountant doesn't know that, um, they could be putting you in a tough position. Um, but again, we know to do it. So these things can work concurrently and we can put you on a track. So a lot of times what we want to doing, well, every time we have a client that wants to achieve the status is we do an interview, we collect the, you know, we understand what they're trying to do. And then we give them a realistic view of how long it's going to take them to get there. And should they decide to do it, 
Fantastic. But here's the key. We have a tax plan, and we can clearly show them how much money they're going to save by being able to, to utilize that benefit, which makes it worth it for yeah. the vast majority of them. Definitely. Wow. So you're saying it really is to their benefit, even if they're a passive investor, to somehow get a professional status to increase their tax benefits. I'll give you an example. Let's say somebody, again, you know, someone has $50,000 of appreciation and $100,000 of, of, of revenue. So, I mean, again, that would, that would mean effectively in their case, um, $8,000 of tax savings. So it's, it's fairly beneficial, even on a scaled down version again yeah. I'm, I'm making right. so yeah. many assumptions yeah. it's ridiculous um but again to give you a general idea of of how it can be can be realized in real time as far as tax benefit we're, we're almost always talking thousands of dollars in tax savings. wow that's awesome yeah. so, so you, if you're, okay. sorry, go ahead go ahead <laughs> What I was going to ask is how important is it like, so you're passively investing and, and you, you have a full-time job elsewhere. And so, and you, you don't have a business set up. What is your, what is your advice on that? Get a business set up. Um, so my first thing would say is we'd start an LLC and then this is this, what you just described is a typical okay. engagement. Okay, so we've got a doctor. We're always doctors. Um, we've got a doctor who wants to do syndication, and uh, they are, you know, trying to figure out a way to offset their right. or their W two income. So they'll come to us and they'll say, "What do I? What do we do?" Well, the first thing we'll do is we'll typically set up an LLC, and I'm always accountants are always using words to let you know there's always differential circumstances. So it's just, again, I'm being very general here, but we set up an LLC. Um, if it's one person, it'd be an LLC. If it's multiple people, uh, maybe it'd be a LLP, limited liability partnership. Um, we take um, inventory of the asset and we figure out how much income that asset would achieve. But the LLC would achieve one thing primarily, which is the biggest fear um, for someone that's a high wage earner. It's uh, corporate veil. It's just separating your liability of your business from your personal assets. That is literally the only thing an LLC does. For you. It does nothing else. Um, it just serves as a way to protect you or create an umbrella between your business pursuits and your personal assets. Should someone come after you, try to sue you, so on and so forth. Um, so that'd be the first thing. Uh, the second thing, actually, I want to make sure I understand. Say your question one more time because I've already. Well, you answered the you answered the question. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. The question is: Is that basically okay. yes, should so we, we you know how important LLC. is it for someone that's passively investing? Yes. Um. Set up an LLC, and so you you answered that you're like that's the first step. Yes. So. Thank you. Yeah, it, it would be the absolute first step would be to set up the LLC to create a corporate veil between them and their personal. Life. And then that LLC would be what invests in the, let's just say, because of the sake of multifamily investing that we're doing, 
for this podcast, then they would invest passively as an LLC in that syndication. 100% because the name on the contract dictates the taxation event. So if it's their own personal name, they're foregoing the benefit of the LLC. So if I'm out there and I'm this passive investor, maybe I'm an active investor, maybe a little bit of both. How do I go about finding a tax professional to help me or vetting and knowing that they're the right person to be able to deal with multifamily? Because I could do a quick search on the internet of tax professionals or CPAs. Like what, how do I go about finding and knowing that this person is going to be the right person to help me in a business setting? That's a brilliant question. Um, Cause it's so critical and, and yes. So what happens is most people would see the CPA or they'd see the enrolled agent and they would make an assumption. Uh, I love the idea that a CPA carries so much gravitas um, in the sense that it says, okay, we worked really hard to get this designation, but CPAs work in a plethora of niches. So what I would ask my what I would ask my accounting professional is how many business returns do you do relative to individual returns would be my first question. Okay, because it's so different. And what you'll find is that most people that focus on individual returns, they simply aren't very, they don't have a lot of acumen with business returns. Right? So when you say tax planning to someone that does individual returns, here's what they're thinking. End of the year tax planning, 401k, qualified accounting, that type of thing. They're not thinking about passive investments. They're not thinking about capital gains, although those are things a lot of times that, that they'll come across. Those things as an entity, those things as a lifestyle, and all of the tentacles of possibility typically are taken into consideration. So really what you want to do, regardless of the designation, whether it's a CPA, an enrolled agent, um, accredited tax accountant, or an accredited tax advisor like myself, you want to ask them how many business returns they're doing. And I'd ask one more question. I'd ask, ask if they have access to legal counsel. Because any accounting firm working for businesses that doesn't have some access to legal advice, whether it's on their firm or through mm -hmm. some type of provider network, uh, is opening themselves up to a type of exposure I don't want. So Mode Wealth does have legal counsel because there are things that need to be run by a tax attorney. So the idea is that tax attorneys are expensive. You betcha. Mm -hmm. Right? But what Mode Wealth has done specifically is we've figured out a way to uh, ensure a return on investment for our clients while giving them access to some of these high-level services. And the way we've done that is with a, a subscription as opposed to a lump sum engagement. And sometimes it's a combination of both depending on the scope of the work that we're doing. But in most cases, we become business partners with our clients they have an affordable monthly subscription, but every time they pick up the phone, they're not going to charge billable hours. That's a key. And I'll say this because, Colleen, that, that is such a brilliant question because here's what happens. What happens is you end up calling your CPA or your enrolled agent, and here's what they're trying to negotiate. They're trying to negotiate the cost it's going to take them to do the work 
relative to what they can save you because their system is billable hours and all of a sudden it mm-hmm. negates value and they're no longer the firm that you should use because they can't provide you with any benefits because it's yeah. going to cost you so much. So you have to have a company that understands businesses enough to have a platform which allows for the business owner and the real estate investor to make money without having to pay the accountant just to realize <laughs> no ROI. Yeah, that makes sense. That's yeah. the heavy question, right? But it's, it's the truth. I mean, how many times that's what happens. These investors, they'll call and they'll, they'll get on the phone with some really awesome firm that can do exactly that. But their gross income is $300,000. It's not 1.3 million. So the vast majority of these, these, these real estate focused companies are billable hours, but their customer is far bigger than that layman investor that's just trying to get into the industry. And so I always say that everybody wants to be there to, to help you with your money when you got it, but you've got to find a company that's willing mm-hmm. to help you. Get yeah. It. yeah. That's the key. So when you said, um, ask your CPA, what type of returns that they do, if they do the business returns, do you, mm-hmm. is there a certain percentage that you would be looking for? Like, you know, 75% or more is business or how, how, or if it's just even less than that, they wouldn't be the accountant firm for you. Yeah, that's a good, good, yeah. So I would say, I would say the majority of their returns needs to be business returns. The majority of their clients need to be business clients. Because it's, it's, it's an aspiration for most accounts. They do five, 10% business returns. They're just mm-hmm. not doing enough of it to stay completely abreast to the changing laws to stay completely abreast to all the things that change. You know, you got tax cuts and jobs act, you got pending Biden Mm. legislation in 2025. There's just too much to manage. So they end up providing cookie cutter YouTube solutions, right. To, to a very, very big, robust uh, problem. And, and what makes it to where it's harder to get a return on investment is simply the formality. This, the things that we've automated, they won't have automated. And so the amount of work that the investor has to do to stay compliant opens up a lot of exposure. To them. So I would say, are you a business accountant? And they say, yes. Okay. Uh, how many business returns to personal returns do you do? 50-50. Maybe that's reasonable. Maybe it's not. Because if they said 50-50, my next question would be, do you help clients with their formality and all the things they've got to do to keep their business compliant? And if they say no, then they're not focusing on business clients. There's just so much that can get you in trouble, you know, uh, where you really want your accountant to be full-time focused, you know, ownership and investing is a lifestyle. It's not just a, you know, we do this because we, you know, nobody, sure. Investing is fun. Real estate investing is fun. Uh, but when we're talking passive investments, it's because we have a way that we want to live. So why would you hire an accountant who is specifically focused on wage earner, uh, and doesn't understand your lifestyle. True. Very true. 
They have nothing mm -hmm. they can give you. It's definitely very important because if, if they can't understand the lifestyle, how are they really going to be able to frame that out? So that's that's very good advice, definitely. Thank you. That's a lot to chew on. No, it is a lot to chew on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. This is going to be a podcast. <laughs> I'm part of the, the interview team. I want to listen to again to really take that all in. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a lot. I mean, the one thing that I, you know, the one thing that I've learned over the course of time is that um, I, I would love to be able to have a conversation with, a, with, with my, my tax uh, professional where they're, they're willing to take the time to explain to me things that maybe I don't know the smart question, but be able to guide me to maybe getting an idea of what I'm trying to ask, because yeah, I feel like in the past I've had nothing but having to educate myself so much on, on tax law to mm -hmm. ask the smart question, to find the right person that it exhausts me. And then if I get one person that sort of feels like they might be it, I just go with it because of just level of exhaustion. Um, <laughs> and then again, having to do the repeat process, rinse and repeat. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes rinse and scrub and repeat. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's um, true. Yeah. I definitely feel that. Like you want to make sure you're a tax professional knows the right questions to ask you. So you don't have to come up with all the info they have like, okay, give me this, this, and this for information. So this way you're giving all the information, but you're not needing to ask your tax professional to ask the right questions. So I think that's the priority definitely there is making sure you do have somebody that's business focused that already knows all of it, knows the lifestyle and knows all of those questions. And there's huge value in that. And the, the, planning ahead of time is just so big. That's just so much can be um, gained or lost in that. Like, I feel like a lot of times people don't realize that if you're not doing tax planning, you're leaving money on the table. It's actually costing you money. You don't see it because it's taken away later at the end, but it's, it's, it's just uh, not first, not front of mind for a lot of people or business owners that I think it should be. So hopefully that's what a lot of our listeners take from that for sure. Yeah. Candace just made me realize something else that you can do that would be a sure shot indication of whether or not the accountant is ready for you. Evaluate the onboarding process. If they're not asking you business related questions in the very beginning, they have no plan. Oh, beautifully said. Oh, thank you. That's very true. That's very true because in all of the accounts that I've had in the past, and I think about just that one mm -hmm. tip of advice, the ones, every single one of them, absolutely not. Mm. Just upload everything in my portal. That's it. No, yeah. no conversation, no nothing. No consultative advice. You give me information. I tell you what you owe in tax. I'm going to parade like a tax planner, but I have no actual strategies to help. You. And that's, that's a very, very common thing. It's a very, very, very common thing. Wow. Beautiful. Oh, wow. That alone. <laughs> so, um, Melvin, if our listeners want to get in touch with you because they think you would benefit their business, how would they do that? 
Yeah, so you can go to uh, Mode Wealth, M-O-D-E-W-E-A-L-T-H dot com, and uh, right there on the front page, it says request a discovery or first meeting or something along those lines, and you can hop on my calendar, and we do a 30-minute discovery, uh, in which we ask you a bunch of questions and show you exactly what it is that we can provide. There's never any obligation, and, and the cool thing about the way that we do it is... Once we have an understanding of your situation, pre-engagement, we show you how much money we can save you on taxes. So pre-engagement, you know, and so that way you can make a conscious, deliberate decision and you can say, okay, I know what my return on investment would be and it makes sense to move forward with this firm. So again, front end knowledge of desired tax planning strategies with a return on investment, um, with compliance implementation where you can spend eight to 10 minutes a month doing the things that you know are gonna keep you out of trouble with the IRS uh, in the most compliant, moral, legal, and ethical way so you can go out and find property and find syndication opportunities. Sounds good. So um, we like to kind of wrap our um, podcast up with a little uh, mindset, thought-provoking quote of the day type thing. Um, so Tamara has three of them that we've picked out that kind of fit your situation. If you could pick a number one through three and we can kind of discuss it and see what it brings to your mind. Oh, this is, this is great. I thought you were going to, that would have been fun. It would have been inspiring. I promise. Um, I'm going to say everyone probably always says three. So I'm going to say. Okay. All right. An investment. In knowledge pays the best interest. Benjamin Franklin. Investment. Wow. Yeah. That's good. good. That's a good one. What What are your first thoughts, Melvin, when you hear that? What does that bring up for you? (laughs) Sorry, no pressure. It actually no, no, no. I love it. It 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 makes me think of the next stage of my company's progression. Actually. Again, it, 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 everything uh, happens in, in due time, right? And when we, we start, had this company now for 10 years, but when we first started, we were inundated with case study, where basically we had to figure out what are the tax codes, what are the laws, um, and through trial and error, we figured out the very, you know, a very specific route to go about it. But now, uh, training, education, uh, webinars, uh, uh, what do you call it when you log in? Yeah. Uh, online classes are now things that we're now starting to provide to complement oh. or to supplement the individual tax strategy. So, with that being said, January one, we're actually launching our tax plan university, where a client when they come on board with us, they're not just getting all the strategy and all the things that we've said, but they'll also get a login and a portal where they can log in and they can have. Uh, the specific strategies laid out in a way where they can go and continue to educate themselves on. So again, education is just super, super important. And that will allow us not to, of course, have the, you know, those questions that are specific to strategy. They can now log on and and do the research on their own in addition to being able to reach us. So that's well, More you service. picked the right one then. You picked the right card. Not staged. 
yeah, I definitely think it's a super relevant uh, quote. It works out well. And the first thing I think of as, you know, somebody like my investment in a tax professional gives me all of the knowledge that I need. And that is the best interest, you know, because instead of, you know, mm -hmm. something so specific like taxes, I don't want to have to educate myself in all of those little nuances because that is so much more than you can get from just a book. Um, I think that investment is investing in someone else's knowledge sometimes. And this might be one of those situations you're um, getting someone on your team, on your side mm -hmm. that has all of that knowledge. And that's an investment, but there's no better interest that you're paid than that, be it tax savings, compliances, just the security of knowing like you're doing everything the right way is definitely awesome. So that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's what I think of when I hear 100%. that quote. Yeah. Sleeping at night. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I just thought of one more thing. Uh, join Melvin, M-E-L-V-I-N dot N-E-T. Okay. Join Melvin dot net is a direct calendar link where you can just say schedule Melvin and it'll be right there. Um, just because my website, although it's beneficial, um, it does have on there prices that don't necessarily uh, fit every client. So I wouldn't want it to discourage someone because that more than likely isn't their engagement. So, uh, yeah, so I would go directly to the link, talk to me directly, and we'll figure out your individual situation. Perfect. Oh, well, this was an awesome, super informative episode. You know, thank you so much, Melvin, for being on here. You know, really knowing what who it is that can and can't take advantage of those benefits are really important because for your average passive investor, um, you know, it can be a little misleading when you see like depreciation tax benefits, but it's good to know that that's not applicable for everybody. And I think that um, a lot of people do need to know that. And for those that it is applicable for, it's good to know the right question. How do you find the right CPA? Because just because you can apply it doesn't mean it will get applied if you don't have the right professional in your corner. So that was an awesome episode. I hope our listeners enjoy that as much as I did, getting all of that info. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much, Melvin. Um, yeah. No, you're welcome. Crystal, Colleen, Candace, Tamara. Three C's in a that's what it should be. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm originally an English major, uh, so I love alliteration. So we're taxing with Well, we also want to thank our listeners here. You know, thank you guys for listening and joining us here at the Roundtable. Um, if you want to find out more about us as well, of course, you know, you can always check us out on our Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or visit us, of course, at therealestatewomen.com. So again, thank you, Melvin. Thank you, listeners. I hope everybody enjoyed this. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Bye. Melvin. Thank you. Bye. The information contained in this podcast is for educational purposes only. We are not licensed professionals and do not give investment advice, tax advice, or other professional advice. Please consult a licensed professional before making any financial decisions.